So today's daf is daf Yod Aleph in Meseches Megillah, and we pick up from Rabbi Chanina Bar Papa on the third line from the top of 11a Yud Aleph Amad Aleph. Let us get going. We were continuing, we are continuing on with different introductions that the Amiram would give as they would begin learning through Megillah's Esther. Let's get going. Would open up his shear on Meseches on on, uh, on Megillas Esther with the following pasuk. Here, Kavta Enoishleroshenu. You ride on top of our a, a person on top of our heads. Banu ba'eshu ba'mayim. We come in with ish with fire and water. What does that mean? We come in with water, with fire and water. We went in with fire in the days of Nebuchadnezzar. Rasha Rashi explains to us that Nebuchadnezzar threw Hanani Mishal Bazaria into the furnace and we were protected. This week's Parsha. And water in the days of Parsha. Beautiful. And we were saved through the water, and also in the days of Haman, Hashkadosh Baruch Hu gave us a tremendous amount. Because once Haman was killed, everything ultimately went over to the estate of Mordechai and Esther. Okay. With the following pasuk, remember your chesed and your emuna, your trust. In Klal Yisrael, Rol Kol Aretz, all of the all of the Afsei Aretz, all of the edges of the earth, uh, will see Es Yeshua Selakenu, the salvation of the Rebbeinu Shalom. What does that mean? Says Rabbi Yechonon, Emosai Rol Kol Afsei Aretz, Es Yeshua Selakenu. When is everybody going to see the salvation of the Rebbeinu Shalom? Be main Baruch Chayva Esther, because as we're going to see later on on today's daf, Achashverosh controlled the entire world. And therefore, when the miracle happened, it was based out of Shushan, but the enti- because of Ahasuerus's power and where his dominion extended to, uh, the, the, the news spread quite fast throughout the entire world. Rishlakish opened up his year on, on uh, Megillah's Esther from using the following posture. Ari Noyeim, a lion roars, the dive shaykake. And a beer is shaykeh, growls. Maishel Russia, a, a, a ruler who is wicked, al-am dull over a poor nation. What does this pasuk mean? Says Reish Lakish. Ari Noyim. What is a roaring lion? Zanebuchadnezzar Russia. Zephrein to Nebuchadnezzar. Dechsebei Allah Ari A lion went up from the bush. So you see that Nebuchadnezzar is referred to a lion. Doiv shaykeh. And there was a, a beer, a, a growling beer. Zachashverosh. Achashverosh is called a growling beer. Now, why is Achashverosh called a growling beer? Because it says, that there's another animal that's like a beer. And Rabbi Yosef taught us. Elu Parsiim, you know who these beers are? The Persians. Sha'ichlim Vishayusim Kadai. They eat and drink like beers, very gluttony. They don't have like uh, etiquette. Umisur Balin Basar Kidai. And they are very stout. 
the Persians of old were made, were built very stout like a beer. And they, they were very hairy like beers. And they don't rest like a beer, which is interesting because beers hibernate, right? Beers hibernate for a, uh, a pretty uh, extended time throughout the year, but apparently they don't chill. They might sleep a lot, but they, 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 they don't know how to rest. They're not, even when they're sleeping, they're not really like calm. All right? So the Persians, they're very, they're very restless. They're always, they're always uh, on, on to the next thing. Maisha Russia, there's, there's a wicked ruler. Who is that? Zahaman al Amdal over the poor nation, Eli Yisrael. Shaheim Dalim Min Mitzvah. When Klal Yisrael is empty and poor from mitzvahs, Chas V'Sholem. These are the rulers that we are going to have. That is how Reish Lakish would introduce his shir on Megillah Sester. Okay. What about Rabbi Lazar? When he would teach Megillah Sester, what would he say to introduce it? Rabbi Lazar would open up his drash on, on, on Megillah Esther, saying the following. With those who are lady, those who are lazy, I'm sorry. The kara, the roof, will fall in. And with the lowering of your hands, Yidlaif Habayis. There, the, the house will leak. What does that mean? Says Rabbi Lazar. When through laziness, they're busy surfing the web when they could be doing other things. We so to speak, become the enemies of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. We are showing Hakadosh Baruch Hu he's not important in our life, and mach. That what, that's what leads chas v'shalom to being lowered. The word mach is referring to uh, is to, referring to being poor. That's what lowered here means. It refers to poor. Shenemar, as it says, If you're poor, may erkecha from your worth. And mikra is referring to Hashem. Shenemar makara b'mayim ali yisav. Hakadosh Baruch Hu covers over the waters may ali yisav with his Upper waters. Okay. Reb Nachman Bar Yitzchak. How would he introduce Megillah Sester? With what limud? With what teaching? Reb Nachman Bar Yitzchak Pasal Bizalai Parshas Miyach. Reb Nachman Bar Yitzchak would open up his Shira Megillah Sester with the following: Shira Maloyis Lulei Hashem Sheyalani Yoy Marna Yisrael Lulei Hashem Sheyalani Bekuma Leinu Adam. If not for Hashem, Klal needs to say: If not for Hashem, then the the men. Would have come and would have come up against us. Adam v'loy melech. This means Adam, a person and not a king. There's many kings that can go and rise up against Klal Yisrael. But interestingly, says Rabbi um, says Rabbi Nachman bar Yitzchok to introduce Megillah Esther. He's telling his shear. Notice that in Megillah Esther, who's the main Russia? Is it the king? No. As we're going to learn shortly, Achashverosh was a complicated guy who was really very easily manipulated. Haman was the Russia. It was not, Achshirish didn't like us. He was a bad dude. He didn't like, he never liked Yidin. But Haman was the drive, was the Russia that was the driving force. And therefore, Nachizek pointed this out to his shir, shir amalis. 
Dovra Melech says that it's not only, if you don't follow the ways of Russia, not only is it going to be kings that rise against us, it's going to be a man. Somebody who's not even a ruler. Referring to Haman. Rava would open up his shear on Megillah Sester with the following statement. When the tzaddikim are a lot, so then the nation is happy. But when the Russia is in charge, everybody gives a kvetch. What does that mean? When you have a nation run by tzaddikim, everybody's happy. Zem Mordechai Esther. It's referring to when Mordechai and Esther came into power. The city of Shushan. Everybody, Jews and non-Jews. And when a Russia is in charge, everybody gives a kvetch. The city of Shushan was in shock. Okay, after the after the Akasherish agreed to Haman to wipe out the Jews. All right? Very important message. Very, very, very important message that ultimately when the right people provide the right leadership, even if it's not easy, and even if not everybody agrees, ultimately people deep down are satisfied. They're happy. At least we have a mensch. Somebody, even if we disagree with somebody, whatever, we're going to learn later. Not everybody ultimately, even at the end, didn't, wasn't so happy with Mordechai. Right? Even when, after Mordechai and Esther were, were appointed, right? So it talks about that most of the people were, were Tzafridin with Mordechai. There's always going to be Yidin who, you know, we'll see later on the document. There's always be Yidin who, you know, they're not so into that person being the Gadol. But everybody was Tzafridin. Everybody ultimately, if, when Mordechai and Esther are in power, Gvaldik. It's okay. Even if you don't agree with all the, uh, the uh, decision making. Rav Masna, Rav Masna would teach from here, Kimi Goy Gadol, who is a great nation, Asher Loiho Aleikim, Krevimelov, Rakadish Baruch, who is so close to it. He would introduce Megillah Sesu with that posture. Notice my fellow Yidun, he would say how close to Rabbi Nishalim is. To us, Ravashi Ravashi would, would open up with the following pasuk. You say, "Oy Hanisa like him, Hakadosh Baruch Hu's done all the tremendous miracles." But uh, now here we go. Okay, period. Gavali. So that ends the category of the various introductions that the Yamiram would give when they would begin learning through Megillas Esther. Now let, we're going to go back now into the actual Megillah. Now we started out yesterday's daf. On Yudam Abayz, remember we discussed Vayehi, Vayehi Bimei. We learned that the word Vayehi can either be good or not so good. Vayehi Bimei gives off that certainly there's something not good taking place at this time. Listen to this fascinating Gemara. Beauty. Vayehi Bimei Achashverosh. It was in the days of Achashverosh. Rab. Rab says Vayehi. You know what Vayihi means? It means Oy Vay. Vay, Vayihi, Oy. It's like a, what do you didn't say? Oy. Vay, Oy. That's Vayihi. Hadad Dixiv, 
and this is what it means when we say, I will sell you to your enemies, as servants, and maid, and maid servants. Shmuel Amar, and Shmuel says, I will, not have, I will not have made them disgusting, nor will I have been ga'altam, I would never would have pushed them away, to destroy them. What does this Pasuk have to do with anything? Says the Gemara to explain, I will not have begun disgusted by them, be in the times of the Greeks, like and I will not have, have pushed them away in the days of Bukhanatsar, to destroy them in the times of Haman. There's all a Pasuk and Vayikra giving off the in the future what's going to be. The Hafer to remove my covenants with them, be This is in the days of the Persians. Now, who's the Persians? Who's the famous, uh, who's, the, who's the Persian over here? Yeah? So we already explained who the Persian is. Yeah? There's a... Uh, we know that Achashverosh came from that Mishpucha. Right? He was similar to the beer. Uh, that is for the times of Goig and Magog, which is going to happen in the future, that ultimate war that's going to lead to the coming of Mashiach. We learned in a... We learned in a... In a bright, I will not have been disgusted by them... We make costume. The times of the costume. What happened? Because I had Daniel Hanani Meshav Azaria here to save Klal Yisrael. But like, in other words, I didn't turn away. But like, and I did not. I did not push them aside in the times of the Greeks. How did Hakadosh Baruch Hu not push us aside when the Greeks came to conquer us? says, "I'm always putting the right people." In the right place at the right time for you, Klal Yisrael. The Chalaisam Bimei Haman. To destroy them in the times of Haman. No, HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, I'm never letting somebody destroy you. How, what did HaKadosh Baruch Hu do? Who did he set up? At the same time that Haman was busy trying to set up his gallows and destroy all of Klal Yisrael. Shemati Lam Mordechai Esther. Esther's ready in the palace. Mordechai and Esther are there. Lahafer Brisi Itam Bimei Parsiim. To remove my my promise, my covenant with you, this is in the times of the Persians. Shamati lehem shall base a rebbe v'chachmei dairis. I set up rebbe and the chachmei chacham of the of the later generations to protect you. Okay, so actually, I, I when I read the pasuk, I said I pointed out that Hashverosh was the Persians, but over here, over here, the Gemara is saying that a hemshich, a continuation of the Persians, went down to. Um, went down to the uh, already the time of Rebbe, who was set up in order to protect Klal Yisrael during that time. Um, the, in the future, there's going to be no other nation or language that's going to be able to take over, control, dominate Klal Yisrael. Reb Levi Omar Mehacha, Reb Levi. Rablevi says a drasha from here. The imlaisa. This is how he, he opened up his speech on Megillas Esther. The imlaisa rishu. If you do not, um, if you do not remove as those who dwell in the land, achashverish, vayehi bimei achashverish. What's vayehi? Oive. What's achashverish? Where does the name Achashverosh come from? What does that mean? Amarav. Achiv Shel Reish. Listen to this. He's the brother of the king. 
And he's, he's like a mimic of the king. And listen to this. How's Achishverosh a brother of the king? Nebuchadnezzar has a head of, of gold. He's a brother, okay? What does it mean he's a brother to Nebuchadnezzar? So here's what it means, ready? What's a, what's a brother? When you say somebody's a brother's like a sidekick. You know, some people, their life dream is to always be like somebody else. They don't have enough self-esteem and trust in themselves to want to be themselves. So they live their life be, trying to be Superman or trying to be this athlete or this rock star or this Rosh Yeshiva. I want to be that. Achashverosh was never comfortable in his own skin. He always wanted to be Nebuchadnezzar. That's what he wanted. He wanted to be, that's what he means, he's Nebuchadnezzar's brother. He wanted to be Nebuchadnezzar. Whatever Nebuchadnezzar did, he wanted to do. He, he, he would get, that's how ultimately Haman was able to push him around and Mordechai by Esther. Like, how do you flip-flop like that? He was, it's because he, he didn't really have a zikh. He was always there like, you know, just, Try, like looking to be something else and, and just follow along with wh- how others were guiding him. Ben Gila Yishorash, what does it mean? Achashverosh was Ben Gila Yishorash, who Harag, who Harag, Nebuchadnezzar killed the Eden. Achashverosh wanted to do the same thing. Who Achriv, Achashverosh destroyed Jerusalem. Who Pikeshlachriv? Yeah, he was a wannabe. Shenamaru Machus Achashverosh, Bitchilas Machus, Kosvei Sitn Al Yishra Yudiv Yishlaim. When Achashverosh became king, that's when the Tsara started, and all the, the he started actually writing rules against Yehuda and Yerushalayim. So, what does Achashverosh mean? It's actually an acronym for his personality. That's his personality. He was up to no good. Why? He was a Nebuchadnezzar wannabe. Achashverosh. Ushmul Amashmul says, Another reason why he's called Achashverosh is because the faces of Klai became black as the bottom of a pot. What, what do you mean black? Like, we don't, don't look at us. We don't want to see you. It's, you know, very, very down. Whoever remembers Achashverosh, anybody who ever met him, and then remembered, oh, you remember you met Achashverosh? Omar, you know what they say? Listen, Excuse me, I have a headache. Yeah, like, don't, sometimes in a conversation, like, don't bring that up. I, I don't have the headspace. I don't want to talk about that guy. I don't have, that's Achashverosh. Says Shmuel, Achrosh. My, my head's hurting me. Like, stop. He wasn't a likable person. Rav Hanina, Omar Rav Hanina says, Shahakal Nasin Russian Biyamov. People became poor in his days. You know why? He was a very high taxer. Achashverosh put out very high taxes on everybody, right? Very often governments say, let's just keep raising taxes, and this way we'll be able to redistribute it to poorer people. And even though obviously there is a time and place for taxing, it has to be within reason. 
because if you if a if a government believes they could just tax their way to people having um, enough their, uh, enough to live on, that's not true. It's not gonna. It, it doesn't work. And every ultimately, what happened was with Akashverosh, he raised his taxes, and everybody became poor. People didn't. It did not get spread around. People did not become wealthier. Everybody just ended up with nothing. Who Akashverosh? So we described his name. Who Akashvirish? He was Akashvirish. That's what who means. Why does it say who? So listen to this. Before we keep reading the Gemara, we find this in Pirkei Avais many times. The, very often the Mishnah will begin with who haya aimer, which Art Skull will translate, I'm assuming, with he used to say, but I believe it's the Me'iri who says, "Who haya Aimer?" If you translate, it literally means, "Who haya?" He was Aimer. What he says. Whenever you find the word "Who haya Aimer" in the Mishnah, the Mishnah is letting us know that what we're about to read defined that person. "Who haya Aimer?" He he was this statement. He was the epitome of this statement. He lived by this statement. He was this statement. That's who Hoyoimer. When you find the word who, that means he is consistently. That's what he's about. Let's read. Who is Akashvirish? Who Birishoy Akashvirish was a rush from beginning to end. Very powerful statement. Because we would think one second, Haman's killed. Akashvirish is married to Esther. Mordechai is put into position. You'd think he's a good guy now. No, Achashverosh is not a good guy. Even at the end, poor Nebuch, Esther Hamalka, needed to live with the scoundrel. The rest of Klaishol was partying, and Esther lived out her life with the scoundrel, with Achashverosh. She did not live an easy life in this world, Esther, even after the story of Purim. Achashverosh was a rush from beginning to end. He, but he was more like a fair-weather guy. Haman's downfall, now Mordechai and Esther are, you know, are do well for him. It's who, who, who could... Who's doing for me lately? Mordechai and Esther are doing for him. They helped save his life. Okay. So now whatever you want. But he never, he wasn't like a righteous person. Achishverosh was not a good guy. He was a bad guy. From beginning till end. Who Esau? The Pasuk also lets us know, we use the word who he was by Esau. He remained a Russia from the beginning to end. Who Dosim Aviram? This is Dosim Aviram. They were also Rishaim from beginning to end, which is a fascinating conversation because how did they make it out of Mitzrayim? They were already messing with Maisha in Mitzrayim, right? They were the ones who snitched to Paro when, when uh, Maisha Rabbeinu killed the Mitzri years and years earlier. It's, a, it's fascinating they didn't die during Chayshech. You know, they made it out of Mitzrayim and they continued to remain a thorn in Maisha Rabbeinu's side um, in the Midbar. Who Melech Achaz, this was King Achaz, who said he was Achaz from beginning to end, Avram, who Avraham? Avram, he is Avraham, meaning who Bitsidkoi. Avram was a tzaddik. On the flip side as well, who can mean a, a consistent Russia and who can mean a consistent tzaddik? Who Aranumaisha? Heim Bitsidko, Mitzvot Saifa. Aranumaisha were tzaddikim from beginning till end. The David who Akotan, and David was the youngest. Who Bekat Nusai? He was humble. He was, kept himself small. When he was thought to be a mamzer until the age of 28. And shunned by his family, and then ultimately declared king. Davin Amelech 
was, had the same humility when people were, were embarrassing him and pushing him away. He had that same humility when he was the king. Just like David Melech would always humble himself in front of somebody who's greater than him in Torah and Chochmah. Even when he was a king, he humbled himself in front of those who were greater than him. Two very important ideas. Idea number one. You see that you could be a tzaddik from beginning to end, even when you do Averis. Did Moshe sin? We know of two times. Right? Aaron is held accountable for the Chata Egel. They were big tzaddikim. They did a few minor Averis, so to speak. You know what I mean? Whatever, however, between them and the Rebbein But the Torah says they're tzaddikim from beginning to end. You can do an Avera. A Yid can do an Avera. And it doesn't remove the reality that we are still in a state of Tzidkus. A Tzaddik can do an Avera, yes. If you do an Avera, it does not make you a Russian. You can remain a Tzaddik. As long as you remain connected to the Rabbani Shalom, and we regret it, and we do the proper tshuva, you're a Tzaddik, mitchilas That's point number one. Point number two is what does humility mean? Sometimes we think we're humble because we're, we humble ourselves in front of people who are, are uh, greater than us. Yeah? That's not humility. That's called being real. Right? Humility is somebody like Dabra Melech, who was always looking to see greater than him entirely. What is it? Greater than him he learned from people who knew less than him, but had information for him. David HaMelech was willing to learn from everybody. That's humility. Not only humbling yourself, and I shouldn't say not only, humbling yourself in front of somebody greater, that's not called humble. Humble is to, low, to humble yourself in front of people who are equal or less. And still be willing to look at them and say, what can, you know, you must know something that I don't know. What Torah, what sort of Chachma can I learn from you? Because as humans, we don't have every aspect of Chachma. We only know what we've been exposed to. Beautiful message. Okay, Vaitu. made himself king. Nobody else uh, put him on the throne. Some people say this was a positive thing. Some people say it's a negative thing. Meaning, say it was a positive thing for Why was he put on the throne? Because everybody agreed he's the best of the, he's the creme de la creme, and therefore he's a good guy. So it's a good tzach. And some people interpret the word hamaylech that he became a melech without any sort of fight, uh, uh, disparagingly. Really, he wasn't fit to be a king. He wasn't fit to be in the government. Yeah. He bought his way in. He was a good politician. Yeah, he had a, he had a super PAC. He raised uh, the proper amount of money. And he put himself into the right, the right places. And ultimately, the people agreed that he should be king. But like any, like any good politician, he didn't really deserve it. He was just a good manipulator. 
May Haidu Vad Kosh, Achashirash ruled from Haidu to Kush. Rabashmul, Rabashmul argue. Khadamar Haidu Bisaifailam Kush Bisaifailam. It's letting us know that Haidu and Kush are two opposite ends of the world, and he controlled the whole world. The whole world. Khadamar Haidu Bikush, Kabi Adadi Abakami. The other holds the Haidu and Kush are Mamish side by side. Kishem Shamalaka Haidu Vad Kush. What do we know? He ruled from Haidu to Kush. Oh, no, it means the same way that when you have two cities side by side, you can have a very strong reign and control over these cities, because you're right there, and you have these two lands side by side. So too, he, th- that's how he ruled the entire world. Again, see, either it means that Haidu and Kush, that he ruled from Haidu to Kush, either it means that he ruled the entire world, because Haidu and Kush are opposite ends of the world, or it means that Haidu and Kush are side by side, but he ruled the whole world like he ruled. Everybody's in agreement, ultimately, that Achashverosh was the king of the whole world. And similarly, you find he who raida b'chol ever anar he he controlled all sides of the river mi tifsach v'adaza from tifsach until aza. What does that mean? Rabbi Shmuel also argued about that about that pasuk concerning Shlomi Hamelach. Chad Amar tiftach b'seifa oilam v'aza b'seifa oilam. Chad Amar tiftach v'aza b'adi adadi avikami. He says no, they're side by side. Kshem Shmuelach al tiftach v'adaza. Same with Shlomi Hamelach. Ruled from from uh, uh, Tiftach until Aza. So too he ruled over the entire world. All right, the same as we have by Achashverosh, we have concerning Shlomei Hamelach as well. Now, keep in mind the Gemara just gave us a fascinating piece of information. Shlomo Hamelach at some point ruled over the whole world. And the Gemara later is going to um, going to describe, a, a, touch on a little bit of that story. All right, Vaiter Megillah, Sheva ve'Esrim Umeya Medina. There were a hundred and twenty-seven provinces. Amar of Chizim, Chizim says, "Betchila Malach al Sheva, Besayif Malach al Esrim, Besayif Malach al Meya." It's not that Achashverosh ruled over one hundred twenty-seven provinces. You know what it says? Seven and twenty and a hundred. It means first he ruled over seven. And then he added to his portfolio. And he add, now, he owned, now he's the king over 20 countries. And then he ended up being the king over 100 countries. That's, that's Rav Chista. Sheva, and then Esrim, and then Meya. But he never ruled over 127 provinces. Says the Gemara, Amr Rav Chista. Rav Chista says, Ushnei Amram. This was the life of Amram. Sheva, seven, Shleishim, 30, Ma'ashonah. And we know he was 137. My what sort of drasha? You know he died at 137. According to the way you're darshaning numbers, it should say, first he was seven, then he was 30, and then he was 100, and then he died. That's not what it means. So why are you interpreting the Pasuk by Achashverosh like that? Over here, in the Megillah, we have an extra Pasuk. Why? So this is beautiful. Didn't we already say that he ruled from Haidu to Kush? Yeah. Let's read this inside. Michti. Let's see. Ksiv, we wrote in Megillas Esther. May Haidu Vad Kosh. Achashiris ruled the whole world. From Haidu to Kosh. Sheva Vesir Mumeya Medina Lomali. Why do I need the word why do I need the words 127 countries? Why do I need to write that? You just told me he ruled the whole world. Shmamina Lidrasha. It must be telling me. That, no, no, no. Here's what happened. He ruled from Haidul to Kush. And let me explain 
how his portfolio of control was built. First it was seven, then it was 20, then it was 100. As opposed to Amram, we'll just read it 137 years in the days of his life because there's no other Pasuk that told us that information. So we're going to look at the numbers with their simple meaning. One of the rabbis learned, and so should we. Listen to this. There were three who were kings in a kippah, in a box. What does that mean? Three ruled the whole box, the whole globe. The Elohim. And these are the names of the kings who ruled over the entire globe. Achav. The Achashverosh Unubuchanetzar. Now, how do we know? Achav. Achav ruled over the whole world. Chai Hashem Aleikacha. May Hashem, your God, live. If there's any, if there's any nation that I haven't uh, been sent to look for, okay, meaning we've looked all over the world, all over the world, and there was uh, there was nowhere to find. Uh, Achav was looking for for Hanavi, and he couldn't find him. Okay, and he says there's no nation I didn't look. If Achav was not the king, how could he make them swear that they, they looked everywhere around the whole world and they couldn't find Elio? How could he make them swear? There's other nations you're not in charge of they couldn't get into. So the fact that he made them swear is a riot that he actually ruled over the whole world. Okay. Nebuchadnezzar ruled over the whole world. As it says, And there'll be a nation and a kingship. There's not a nation or a king that did not feel the yoke. Of the king of Babel. So you see, Nebuchadnezzar had a tight grasp on, uh, on the necks of the entire world. And Achashverosh, how we know he ruled over the whole world? Like we just proved. It says, Okay. Top of Yud Aleph Amadis. Simon Shandach. Okay, now listen to this. We just gave a list of three kings ruled over the world. Achav. Says the Gemara of Esulai, there are no other kings that ruled over the whole world. What about Shlomi Amalekh? We mentioned them earlier. Shlomi Amalekh also was the king over the whole world. Says the Gemara, you're right, but that was for a limited time. It didn't last. It was a short term worldwide reign. And Mamela. We're not going to put him in the league of Achav, Nebuchadnezzar, and Achashverosh. Okay. Now, Panicha, by the way, just a little bit, a little bit of the story, okay, is that Shlomi HaMelech ruled over the whole world. Chazal teach us, and we're, we're going we're gonna to get into this a little bit later, Mirza as well, that Shlomi HaMelech became king over humans and Shadim. And that what's ultimately led to his downfall because the king of the Shadim was Ashmedai, ultimately was victorious over Shlomei HaMelech. Okay? And that's what led to the, to the breakup of his, of his Malchus. But the Gemara says like this, According to the opinion of old Shlomo Melech first was king and then he became a regular Hedyite 
Um, he never really became king again. I understand why we're not going to list him with the other kings. But oh, there's another opinion that said he got demoted and then he ultimately got his kingship back again. Michael Amemar. So we, we're back to our question. We should have listed Shlomo with, with Achav, Achashverosh, and Nebuchadnezzar as being a king who ruled the world. So the Gemara, Shlomo Mosach, Ritzi, Havaba, that we didn't need to talk about Shlomo HaMelech because Shlomo HaMelech had a unique situation. Why? The other kings ruled over the globe. Shlomo HaMelech ruled over the globe plus Shaven. The Chsev, Shanemar, as it says, Vayeshev Shloimai, Shloimai sat al kisei Hashem. He sat on the throne of Hashem. Okay, what is the throne of Hashem? It doesn't mean literally the kisei covered, but it means the heavens. Shlomo Melech had a, had a element of reign, an element of control over that which exists in the heavens. And um, uh, referring to the Shadim. So the Gemara's answer here is, why isn't Shlomo listed with them? Aye, he got his position back. But it was a different type of reign. It was a different type of kingship. He even reigned over the Shadim. The list that we gave of three people who reigned over the world were those who, who reigned specifically over humanity. Okay, fine. So we're, we understand now why Shlomo is not on that, that uh, Mount Rushmore of kings who ruled over the world. Okay. Ah, he says, I'll ask you another question. What about Sancheret? It says about Sanchez, who amongst you from all the gods of these lands, who can save you from my land? Meaning Sanchez is saying that uh, I, I controlled every land and there's no, there's no earthly god that can stop me. Says the Gemara, oh, yes, there was. Yeah, what happened was. Sancherev ultimately was not able to rule over Yerushalayim. And if you don't have Yerushalayim, you don't have the world. Yerushalayim is the epicenter. And he couldn't, he, he never conquered Yerushalayim. Since he never conquered Yerushalayim, he's not on, he's not on the Mount Rushmore. Uh, what about Daryavesh? Now, how do you know Daryavesh was ruled over the whole world? Daryavesh, Malka, Daryavesh the king, Kosav, Lecholam, Mamyo. He wrote to all the nations, Umania of Lishania, to uh, all, the, all the nations, all the people, all the languages, and what that Dididiarim, Bechal Ara, those which live throughout the land, Shalom Chayyashke, that you will have more peace. Okay. So, Daryavish sent a message to every land that there's going to be peace. You see, Daryavish ruled over the whole world, says the Gemara, Vaika Shevad Leimalachalayu. Daryavish almost ruled over the whole world, but there were seven that he ultimately did not rule over. Dechsev, Shefar, Kedem, Daryavish. It was okay for, originally for Daryavish, Vehikim al Machusa, Laachash, Darpanya, Mea, the Esrin. Daryavish was happy to rule over 120 um, lands, but he didn't have 127. So he was missing out seven, so, so therefore he's not on the list. What about Kairish? So says the Persian king Kairish. All the king, kingdoms of the land. Hashem has given to me. So you see, Hashem's given me all the kingdoms that exist on the land. 
Says the Gemara, an answer that we should have thought of earlier. Ready for this? Beauty. I know Koresh said that. However, Hossam, there, he was busy flattering himself. Meaning, sometimes that's how rulers talk. I'm in charge of the whole world. No, you're not. You're not even in charge of your own house. All right? Your wife's telling you to pick up the garbage, you go pick up the garbage. People are, are bigger talkers than, sometimes, than the position they actually hold. And very often, once they get into a position of leadership, that's when, they, that's when we could even st start talking bigger, right? And making up claims that aren't really true. So when Kairish says, I rule over the whole world, he didn't rule over the whole world. <laughs> You ruled, you know, you ruled over nothing. You ruled over your, your dining room table. You know, that's it. But, and, and therefore, the Gemara is not adding Kairish to the Mount Rushmore. Okay. We're sticking with our original three of Achav, Achashverosh, and Nebuchadnezzar. And it wasn't the days when the king said, It said in his third year. Okay? So... It, um, are we dealing with at the beginning Keshebes HaMelech at the beginning when the king Ahasuerus first sat on his throne or is it the third year of his rule when did we when's the story taking place Amarava my Keshebes what does Keshebes mean La'achar after he calmed down his his mind was uh, was relaxed why was he relaxed? Omar Balshatzar Cheshevetoh had said that Balshatzar tried calculating the 70 years of Golos and he made a mistake. I'm making a calculation and I am not making a mistake. Okay. Now, till the, the bottom of today's daf, we're going to get into a fascinating Gemara calculating the, the Golos of now let's let's give a quick a quick introduction. When the Besamikdash was destroyed, Yirmiyahu Hanavi said, told Klal Yisrael through Nevuah, the Golos is going to be for seventy years. Now here's the question: When did the seventy years start? So this is where there was a big breakdown amongst the Gaiusha kings. Interestingly, the Gaiusha kings knew about this prophecy and they were very nervous about it. And they knew that their, they assumed that their time to be in control of Klal Yisrael was a very limited time. They were very concerned. So, what does it mean, Kesheves HaMalech? It wasn't mean when he first sat on a sword. It means when his mind was relaxed from the prophecy of Yermia. Because his father-in-law, Belshazzar, had thought the 70 years were already up in his time. He threw a party, as we're going to see, and he ultimately was killed that night. So Achashverosh, years later, the third year of his reign, now has a Menucha Sanevesh. He says, oh, now it's for sure the 70 years are up, and now I can throw a party. All right? That's what's happening over here, because each king is concerned about Yermia's prophecy. Let's get into this. Mahi. 
what was the initial thought of when the 70 years would be up? Tichsev. Says in the Pesach, the, the Nabi told us, at the end of 70 years of Babel, I will be pokad you, I will remember you, and I will redeem you. Uksiv. And the Nabi also wrote, the Malay Slecharab is Ushlaim Shivmashana. It's going to be a, at the end of 70 years, the, the ruins of Ushlaim are going to be rebuilt. So Daryavi said, listen, Nebuchadnezzar was in power for 45 years. And Evel Miraidech was the king for 23 years. What's 45 and 23? 68. And I, Belshazzar, um, have been king for two years. Hashivim. I now have 70 years. Ah, time's up. Prophet's wrong. We're going to rule over Yidim forever. Opak money. He took out the vessels, the Bey Makdisha of the Bey Hamikdash that nobody had dared touch until then. The Ishtamesh Buhu, and he used them. He, threw, he made a whole party. That was his Cheshbon. First of all, Hano Nebuchadnezzar was the king for 45 years. The Tana taught us. We went into Golis in the seventh year of Nebuchadnezzar's reign. It's Golis the eighth year. Went into Golis in the eighteenth year. Went into Golis in the nineteenth year. Now, this seems to be one walking contradiction. What's going on? Okay, we went into Golos, referring to the Golos of Yehoyachin. That took place in the seventh year of Nebuchadnezzar's reign, where, where uh, Yehoyachin was conquered. Yishmayin Nebuchadnezzar, which was a year later, which is the eighth year of Nebuchadnezzar. Golu b'shmayin Esrei. Then there was a Golos in the eighteenth year, Lekibush Yehoyachin, from when Yehoyachin was conquered, Golos Tzidkiah. And that's when Tzidkiah... That's That's when Sidkiyo was sent to Galashita which was the 19th year of Nebuchadnezzar, uh, Nebuchadnezzar's reign, of Nebuchadnezzar being king. In the first year of Nebuchadnezzar, he conquered Nineveh. In the second year, he conquered, uh, he conquered Yehoyakim. Now, Uksiv, and it says, so, we, so, so far we're, we understand when Nebuchadnezzar started. We still don't have a full understanding of how long he reigned for. And then it says, It was in the 37th year of Yahyachin's Golos, Melech Yehuda, the kings of Yehuda. The 12th month, the 25th day of the 12th month of Adar, Nasa Evo Miraidech, Evo Miraidech became king of Bavel, in the year of the, in the year of the kingship, that was the same year I'm sorry, in his first year, that's when he appointed Yehoyachin uh, to be king of Yehuda. And he took him out of the prison. Okay, so Evel Miraidech became king 37 years after Yehoyachin went into Golos. Timni Utlas Vesheva. So then Nebuchadnezzar had eight years plus 37 years after Yayachin went into Golos. Hooray, Arba Bechamesh, Nebuchadnezzar. What's 37 plus eight? 45. So Nebuchadnezzar ultimately reigned for 45 years. Okay. So that was step one of Belshazzar's Cheshben. What was his Cheshben? He was Cheshbening. He was calculating the 70 years of Golos is from when Nebuchadnezzar came to power. 45 years of Nebuchadnezzar. We just clarified that. 
Now, how do you know the next step? That Evo Miraidech um, uh, was king for 23 years, to bring the total to 68. That's a Messiah that's passed down to us. And uh, Belshazzar knew he was ruled for two years. Beautiful. 45, 23, plus two. 70 years. Hashivim, beautiful. Omar Belshazzar said, There's no way we're losing Klal Yisrael. Opic money to be Mikdasha. He took out the holy vessels of the Beis Hamikdash. Vishtamish Buni used them. Hanu to come Daniel, and this is what Belshazzar said to the prophet Daniel. Va'amari Shmaya about your God in heaven, Hisrei Mamta. You have elevated yourself, Ulumanaya, and you appointed yourself the Baisa Chaytiv Kadamich. And here are the vessels of the anointed Beis Hamikdash. They're here in front of you. So we see that it was using Mamish the Kalim, the vessels of the Holy Beis that night. Kotil Belshatzar Malka Kazda. He died. Too oily. Too oily. Big mistake. You're messing with the wrong with the wrong family. Uksiv but the Yavish Midah, Kabul Machusik Varshnin, Shisim Vitartin. Now Yavish from Madai then became became king at the age of thirty-two. Okay. So Achashverush's father-in-law, Belshazzar, made a mistake. So the Megillah tells us that Achashverosh was Kesheves Hamelech. He now is relaxed. He feels that he has the new calculation of 70 years, and he knows the mistake his father-in-law made. And what's his calculation? So here we go. Omar, Achashverosh says, Ihu mitatoi, my father-in-law made a mistake. I'm going to make a 70-year calculation, and I won't make mistakes. Miksiv Lamalchus Babel did Yirmiya tell us that it's 70 years from when Nebuchadnezzar became king? No. It's not what it says. Lebabel Ksiv. It says Golos Babel. My Lebabel, the Golos Babel. Babel means Golos Babel. Kama Betzerim. So, how many years should we deduct from my father in law's calculation? Tamni. Take off eight years. Because Yehoyachin only went into Golas eight years after Nebuchadnezzar became king. So he took out eight years. Um, how so? One year of Belshazzar, five years from the Yavish and Kuresh, and two years of his own. And Memela, he ended up, Hashivin, Memela, he ended up with his own calculation of 70 years. And Kivan the Chazi, the Malu Shivim, once his calculation of 70 years passed and nothing happened, Kal Yisrael was not um, remembered or redeemed. Omar They're stuck with me forever. Ha ha ha. Apik money. He took out the vessels to be Maktish of the base of Maktish Vishnamish. You want to use them? Satan. The Satan came by Rikid and Baharagas Vashti. Step one to his downfall was Satan came and caused at that party for Vashti to die. Says the Gemara of Shapir Chashiv. Yeah, what's wrong with Akashverish's calculation? It seems to be a good one. Says the Gemara, no. Iunami mitatoi. He also made a mistake. It didn't start from the eighth year of, of Nebuchadnezzar when Yahyachin went into Golos. Rather, the seventh year start from 
the destruction of Yerushalayim, which really was in the 19th year of Nebuchadnezzar's reign. So he was 11 years off. In the, in the bottom line, in the end, he was 11. Uh, how many years off was he? How many years are lacking? Question mark. Chadzari, 11. Okay. So if he's 11 years off, how many years was Achashverosh in power? He was in power for 14 years. How do you know that? How do you know that? Megillah. Okay, Bar Beisar the day boiled in the Mivna Beis Hamikdash. Well, then in the fourteenth year he should have built the Beis Hamikdash. The story of Purim happened in his, the thirteenth year of Achishverosh. So that means the next year after Purim, we already should have had the second Beis Hamikdash. Alamak Siv, why does it say? I'm sorry, three. Um, yeah, the next year after that, we should have had the Beis Hamikdash. Siv, why does it say? Beidim betchlas avida beis Allah dibrushalayim. Only afterwards was the work of the Beis Hamikdash. Um, Stopped in Yerushalayim. Okay, so what happened was after Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar I'm sorry, Achashverosh really, the Beis Hamikdash had started to be rebuilt. Achashverosh had stopped it. His son Daryavesh, okay, um, who I'm sorry, Daryavesh who took him over, not his son, Daryavesh who took him over. Um, Allowed the Beis Hamikdash to continue being rebuilt. So says the Gemara, we're really two years off now. What happened was that there's a couple years that are only half years. Okay? Because, like, you know, once you start looking at the months of one king's reign, you can have one king that finishes his reign one year and the next king picks up in the same year. Uh, but if you go through the total amount of time, you'll still end up with 70 years. Tani Namihachi, top of tomorrow's daf, we'll end off with this step. We learned in Abraisa similarly. There's another year that you need to add to the calculation of 70 years for Bavel, because the same year that Nebuchadnezzar died, Belshazzar became king, so that can't count as two years. And that year, but once our, our, our calculation was correct, now that we have a correct calculation, if you look at the years, you're going to notice that Daryavesh from Madai came and his reign ended up allowing us to complete the 70 years. Okay, we'll hold it here. Bezjem, tomorrow we're going to continue on uh, for just for a little bit longer the theme of the calculation of 70 years, the Gemara is going to get into, um, you know, Daniel, who was a servant of Belshazzar. So apparently, you know, he was at this party where Belshazzar was way off because he started counting it from the reign of Nebuchadnezzar. So where was Daniel in all this? What was Daniel's calculation? Daniel was a, was a Navi, right? So we just explained, we just explained Belshazzar's mistake. We now explain Achashverosh's mistake and tomorrow we're going to uh, continue clarifying what was everybody else thinking of what the actual calculation was during this time. Bezran, we'll pick up from here um, tomorrow, Erev Shabbos at 12.15 p.m. Have a wonderful, wonderful Erev Shabbos.